Welcome back to A Fine Time for Healing, a place where your physical, emotional, and spiritual well-being are all that matter. So put your feet up, relax, and enjoy today's show. Today we have with us Asil, who is an expert guide on awakening journeys, expanding consciousness, and integrating spiritual experiences. Asil channels transformational energy and wisdom from higher consciousness fostering humanity's evolution. His own quest began with a realization. Despite professional success, life lacked meaning. This inner discontent propelled a deep dive into spiritual discovery. To provide structured support to individuals and group leaders, Asil established the nonprofit organization Evolution One, gathering visionary collaborators and fostering a vibrant community of awakening conscious creators. Welcome, Asil. Thank you, Randy. Thank you for being here. Thank you for being here. It's wonderful to have you. So tell us a little bit about the journey that led you to be doing, because I, I think you've been doing this for like eight years or something like that. What was the journey that led you to this place? I grew up in a very traditional way where academics, uh, Western European thinking of structured operations and conditioning uh, was the path to success and was the path to happiness. And in that way, I have succeeded and went the academic route and built businesses and was successful in the things I was doing. But I was recognizing that something was missing and it was not filling a deeper desire within my being. And I didn't know what that was, but it was a consistent discontent. Mm. And getting the newest car or the newest toy did not make a difference in the long term, only momentarily it would make a shift. Mm -hmm. And then I went into deep spiritual exploration all around the world, traveling to many different masters and lineages, really exploring who am I and why am I here to mm -hmm. do what? What's my purpose? Mm -hmm. And what is this whole human life about anyways? So big questions. So I thought maybe some of these old masters will have answers somewhere. And if I'm bugging them enough, maybe they'll give me some answers. <laughs> okay. And eventually, you know, on this journey, I've learned a lot. I've seen a lot. Um, there was a particular moment about eight years ago, as you mentioned, where I had this unrecognizably pure, reverent connection to what I would consider light beings or beings of impeccable purity. And the communication was just like the way you and I were clearly talking to each other. It was a voice that basically said, my name is Emmanuel, and I will guide you through this process. You're now ready, and we can work with you. And I was like, 
what? Who, who is Emmanuel? And why are you, what are you doing in my head? <laughs> and you guys have the wrong guy. And so anyhow, over time, I started to understand, first of all, this was something of great magnitude. This wasn't something that just happens. But it was something that was preparing for a very long time, not just in this lifetime. For me, I found out it was, you know, 3000 years of hard work really? of coming ready to be able to serve in this particular way with this group of uh, consciousness. So Emmanuel prepared me to be able to hold you know, Emmanuel is an angelic being. Apparently, I did not know. I thought it's some sort of saint, but apparently it's an angelic being. And it is a very beautiful, it's been like a big brother to me. So Emmanuel is, is he an archangel? Or when you say angelic being, you mean archangel? Yes. Okay. And what's the difference between an archangel and an angel? In my understanding, and I have to admit, like, I'm, I'm not a religious person, and I don't have the scholarly understanding. So I apologize if I'm insulting anyone by making my own definitions. But in my understanding, and in my humble experience with these beings, angelic beings, there are many, archangelic beings, there are few, archangelic beings have greater responsibilities and greater authorizations to make changes and impact on different level. So it's really not just a matter of hierarchy, but it's a matter of authorization and power to make a difference. And having worked with both angelic beings and archangelic beings, I can feel in my body when they work through me, the difference the power differential like really magnitudes of power difference that's so interesting and emmanuel was the first um beings or group of beings that you channeled and then i read that you also channel elohim Mm -hmm. Which I was saying to you before we got on air, for those people who are listening, Elohim is the Hebrew name for God. And so I was really interested for Asil to tell us mm -hmm. why they called themselves themselves or those these entities. We can't they're not necessarily beings, they're energies or of light or whatever. But um why explain to everybody why um how you figured out what Elohim was and who you think they are. So in, in an interesting experience, first of all, it's, it's, I thought of myself when first I was talking to angelic beings, I'm like, which human being says they're talking to angels? Like my, my parents would call me crazy and my friends would as well. Mm -hmm. And so I kept it for myself for a while. And then eventually I was talking to archangelic beings. And then eventually I was talking to uh, 
beings of collective consciousness that were magnitudes even beyond what I was able to perceive with the angelic beings. So this first encounter when the Elohim introduced themselves and I had no idea what Elohim even meant. It just was a couple of syllabus the first time appearing in my consciousness. And I shared with a friend of mine who was a mentor and close um, friend, still is to this day. And he was of Russian Jewish descent. And he said, do you know what he said? Say it again. And I was like, Elohim, Elohim. And he's like, hmm, do you know what that means? I said, I have no idea. And he's like, well, look it up. You'll, you'll have quite some interesting read about it. So here it is. It's a plural form for God. It's actually gods, right? And it is in, I think it's the one of the first sentences that says God Elohim has created heavens and earth, right? And and it's really fascinating to find that out. And the Elohim say they introduced themselves with the names humanity has given them. And they introduced themselves specifically with that name through me or with me because I'm predominantly in the Abrahamic lineage and exposed to the Abrahamic lineage. So if I was somewhere in India, if I was somewhere in an indigenous, you know, um, different context, different framework, they would probably use a name that's more recognizable there. Okay. And I thought, wow, this is so interesting. Humans give names to things because we need to categorize, understand, and make the inexplicable explicable, right? Right. To be able to share. And here it is, a grand form of consciousness having this conversation with me with one singular voice, but it feels like a collective, a collective thought, a collective of pristine energy that is speaking in one clear voice. And they said, we are the architects of space and time. We are the architects of this known universe. And we are planting seeds of consciousness in these pockets that emerge. Earth is one such pocket and humanity has been seeded here. And you live lives in a certain way. You grow, evolve and mature as a consciousness. And eventually Earth will no longer be relevant because you have outgrown earth as a consciousness and you'll be in a different plane of existence. So all of that was very, very big, right? I'm just thinking to myself, how am I going to explain this to people? Like I have, I don't, I can't even digest it myself. Right. right. So over time I've found more and more peace with it and sharing more and more of that with the public and with the world. So are the messages that come through Emmanuel and the messages that come through Elohim, um, are they of, do they have different purposes for you? 
-hmm. or are they basically sharing similar things with you? What I find is Emmanuel is a bit like an ambassador to humanity. Emmanuel has lived a human life or many human lives to understand the human experience. So there is a way of more relatability. So you can understand the dualistic aspect of life, the polarizations that we go through and so on, but give a perspective from that. The Elohim operate on a very different consciousness level. So the messages that come, they're much more of non-dual nature. They're the spectrum through with the lens through which they look at human experience or the human, um, the human experiences that we go through is a much wider lens. So some of the messages, they, they land as pure and simple truths. But in the moment, if you were to choose, like, am I choosing this? work or this job or this job that it may be completely irrelevant right because it's such a high level general piece of wisdom so in the way that they're delivered they represent different archetypes as well for us okay. that makes sense yes it does and for you i know that you were seeking what your purpose is why are you here what's the why are we all here? Have you found through the channeling who you are and why you're here? I think so. I think so. I would say that my purpose of being a conduit of, in service to humanity's transformation to humanity's evolution as a consciousness feels the most appropriate most aligned thing i have ever done in my life yeah. and it feels like it's going to be the thing that i will do on my last breath so it truly certainly is very aligned and it truly feels like the purpose that i was looking for now when we are on this path of spiritual growth and, you know, finding something, right? We start to recognize, okay, there is nothing to find. We start to shed all these layers. At some point, it does not even matter. Like I'm not seeking to find something to be fulfilled. I'm just on the path of search and exploration, like finding liberation as a soul in human form. Right. right? So none of that stuff of like, Am I living my life's purpose, my soul's purpose? None of that matters. But as everything is being shed and I'm finding this new level of presence and I'm finding a clear direction, what emerges as a result of that is the direct expression of alignment, soul's purpose. Okay. The thing that feels most right to do. But that's really, we could say that with living a life in alignment, right? If you say, I'm living a life in alignment, that means you're living your life's purpose. There's the wisdom that is channeled 
through you um, is in general about the humanity as a whole, mm -hmm. um, what we are, where we are going, what we could be doing better, what exactly, um, and I know the messages are many, but generally, what is the theme that you have been granted wisdom with? Well, there are some patterns that we recognize in the channelings, and there are some core messages that come through. And I can share a little bit about that. Okay. Some of the core messages is that humanity is a great is in a great time of transition and great time of awakening. So this awakening process comes in waves and it is affecting initially small groups of individuals, but eventually masses. So we're talking hundreds of thousands, millions of people awakening at the same time. Awakening means what? That means questioning the purpose of life, the meaning of life, questioning the structures into which we have been grown into, societal structures, conditionings that we have assumed, the wounds that we haven't processed or our past generations haven't processed, all of that coming to surface in a moment of, you know, for lack of better words, I call it reckoning, but mm -hmm. <laughs> it's really an awakening process, right? And in that moment, humanity will seek answers that cannot be found in any books. It's going to be answers that only spirit can answer to them. And in their own exploration, their soul will be the bridge to spirit to answer these questions. So if millions of people are awakening, Randy, what are we going to do? How are we going to help these people? Right? It's going to require other people that have walked this path before them to be solid pillars of light to assist in the journey of the awakening. Mm -hmm. So that's one of the messages. And they talk about becoming, you know, more and more aligned human beings. They talk about the energetic grid of the world, which also plays an important role in our awakening process, and that collective trauma places around the world hold dense energy that needs to move. So they talk about these pieces, but the key element is they are directly intervening and assisting, which is unusual because they haven't done that in a long time. And some people say, why and why now? Apparently it has to do with First of all, this awakening process that humanity is going through. And it's also a breaking point for us. So we're either going to make it or we won't, right? It's kind of like that kind of a moment. Spiritual consciousness evolution will lead to our ability to extend life and live more sustainably on this planet. But the lack of maturity of consciousness will lead to destruction and potential self-destruction. So here we are 
being faced with that challenge, but also a great opportunity. So will there be a divide? <clears throat> those that awake, <clears throat> excuse me, those that awaken will move forward. Those that don't will not. Or do we have to move as one humanity? Do we mm -hmm. all have to move together? I think really it's a collective effort, you know, and sometimes I'll say no one's going to be left behind. But it will require a critical mass of individuals to really uplift and do the heavy lifting because not everyone will be able to do it. So anyone who is capable and powerful and emergent and vibrant and high frequency soul will assist however many souls to come along and like this uplifting of the collective. Right. And that's much better than thinking, oh, you're not doing well. We're going to cut you out. You're staying behind. <laughs> you know, it's like, who is making that decision? It's like right? a casting. You got the part. You didn't. Exactly. <laughs> right. So I have met through my podcast many spiritual seeds that are mm -hmm. here for these reasons. Mm -hmm. And so... People who don't do work like you do or I do are not going to see how prevalent it is and how many people are coming forth with this gift. I get to see it. And so it's amazing to me. It really is. I feel that I'm one of the leaders. That's why I do what I do. I'm here to bring people forward. Um, And it's, it's, it's a huge gift. Uh, and it's, I think it's only given to people who will handle it with responsibility and dignity, right? Instead of ego, because I guess this could be, somebody could, could begin to get these downloads that you've been getting and just go, Oh, I'm really cool. I'm so eager. You know, I'm the best. I'm, I'm chosen, you know? Um, but I don't think we're chosen for that. I think the people who are chosen are those who are, are humble and mm. not egotistical about what they're sharing, learning and sharing. What is your feeling? Well, first of all, the journey I had to go through was incredibly humbling. It's like in some ways, in order to become a pure vessel or a purified vessel. And I don't claim to be that there yet, but I'm working very hard towards it. And those that know me closely, they will attest to that, that there is no stone unturned mm. on this journey to becoming as pure of a vessel as we can so that spirit and the divine can work in unflavored in undisturbed ways purely through us as vessels. And that requires consistent purification, requires consistent checks of the ego and consistent realignments. So to the point where I have personally no longer an agenda because I personally carry no specific desires or specific attachments. 
Now, do I want my nonprofit to serve as many people as possible? Yes, of course. Do I want it to proliferate and meet many people and for many people to see it? Yes, of course I do. But because I have dedicated my life and service as a divine vessel to this work, it seems to be a natural extension as well of that. I'm not attached to it. So this is where the difference is, right? When people are attached to specific outcomes or specific agendas or specific ways of being, mm -hmm. and they attach meaning to what they are receiving, their messages or the energies that they talk to or the power that they now hold to heal somebody, the moment we attach meaning to it, that's when it becomes tricky. That makes so much sense. Thank you for that. That explains it so well. I've got that. I've mm. got that. Um, so are you receiving messages regularly? Um, are they just kind of coming in at all times? How are you receiving them? In the beginning, I had to make specific time and for sessions, and that is still the case. So when I deliver public transmissions, I will go into a state in which the messages will come through in a clear and undisturbed way. So there is a clear separation between me as a seal talking and then clear, you know, embodiment and the Elohim speaking or Emmanuel speaking. Now, over time, especially in the last, let's say, two years, I feel there is a certain bridge of consciousness in which there is consistent flow mm -hmm. of messages. And I can even in regular conversations tap into a bit of a half channel state of being in which many of the things that are coming through me are not even my mental considerations or choices, but they are coming through a stream of consciousness influenced by the connections I have and hold. Right. It's a very interesting way of being. The sure. question is like, where does me end and where does some greater consciousness start? And does it even matter, right? In, you know, as we let go more and more of this ego construct, does it even matter? Right. It doesn't sound like it does, especially <laughs> for you. <laughs> um, because, yeah, the way that you explain it, there is no end and beginning. It's just a stream. Mm -hmm. What is the message that you keep getting that is we're supposed to hear as the collective. Mm -hmm. One of the important messages is that as a human being in a great society, when we see the polarizations and the challenges of life, we can feel quickly disempowered. And when they say that the evolution of consciousness and the key to the transformation of humanity is within you, they speak to every single individual because you are that key to transformation and it starts with you. And as we as individuals look inward 
and we make the attempt to consciously become more aligned, to clear our hearts, our minds, our bodies, our spirits, then we become that seed within a community, within a family, that seed within a city, within a country, and these seeds grow everywhere around the world. So the evolution of humanity is in your hands and you hold the power and that power is in the present moment, nowhere else outside. That is one of the key messages. That's a big message. Mm -hmm. it's, it's hard to, it's hard to under, really understand that we have that power within us to create yes. these changes. Why? A lot of people, including myself, are wondering why everything seems upside down and backwards right now for us. Is this the transition? What is that? What is going on? I would say that is part of this transformational process that we're going through. It is part of that awakening process. When we wake up to a reality and we see, oh, things are really upside down. But the upside down is a result of consistent generational creations mm -hmm. coming from misalignments and process trauma. Mm -hmm. We look at the creations that we have before us as an awakening soul and we say, oh, this does not match. This does not match my vision of where I think humanity should be or could be where I want to be as a human being. So this mismatch of perspective and reality is an awakening process and is a very clear symptom of that. What's that? What, what does that mean? That means awakening people will start to choose different leaders to represent them. Awakening people will choose different societal creations. Awakening people will question some hard beliefs that we've carried for a long time. So that's a very interesting and potent time to be alive. It is, it is such an interesting time to be alive. There's such a there has been such a change in the way things are perceived and the way things are are done the way things are portrayed it, it everything seems to have changed mm -hmm. and i guess you know it's like the um the grain of sand in the oyster mm -hmm. it irritates and creates the pearl mm -hmm. So I guess that's what kind of we're just being kind of not, I don't want to use the word irritated, but we're being awakened. We're being challenged. Yes. So that that's we can make also irritated along the way. I agree. Right. So in some ways, the challenge is the catalyst. And in some ways, the pain is the catalyst for transformation. And the pain reminds us of the old pains that we have not processed 
So when we experience these internal pains or societal pains or relationship pains, there are elements that relate back to when we were younger or even past lives or generationally back. Yes. Old pains that have not been cleaned out, that have not been cleared out, are now flaring up and inflamed in front of everyone's eyes. It's true. Coming to surface. Coming to surface. And so it is that time to clear that and potentially also to feel it. Maybe something that we weren't able to feel in the past or the past generations couldn't, didn't have the opportunity or the capability or the tools or the space to feel it, the luxury to feel it. But we are now here and it's coming to surface for a reason. For us to feel, for us to transmute and for us to step into a new state of being mm -hmm. that is clear of that pain. And so you believe that you're a, a conduit for this change. Um, tell us about your, well, I, I don't want to put words in your mouth. Do you believe that you're a conduit? You've been chosen to be one of the conduits for this change. I would say so, yes. Okay. Pretty in line with what I'm experiencing. Okay, all right. And... Do you believe that Emmanuel and Elohim are, is, are sharing this information with other beings for the same purpose? Or do they, have they basically chosen you to focus on from, with what they're trying to, um, the way they're trying to help us? Got it. I, I would, I could not claim exclusivity. <laughs> there are many peoples that have conversations with Emmanuel or Elohim and for thousands of years for that matter, okay. right? I'm neither new nor the only one, but there is a unique expression in which it comes through me. And in this unique expression also, there is a delivery of energy. So I'm not just an information channel, I'm an energy channel. Mm. And healings are delivered as well. Like the assistance in physical, emotional, mental alignment. Now, that to me seems more unique than just being able to receive information and speak that information. Mm -hmm. So I think it's a combination of both that makes it another gift from the universe to humanity. Mm -hmm. And I try to walk that as responsibly as I can and as purely as I can so that we don't fall into the same pitfalls that we have with spiritual power before or power in general before, mm -hmm. right? And in my work and in our nonprofit, when we train individuals and there is this element of Emmanuel delivering standards of conduct, there's, they're very, very pure, very high standards of operation. Because this power is handed to individuals, 
but it's also to be held in a reverent way, in a graceful way, in a humble way, in a responsible way, as you said earlier. Right. Exactly. When you talk about um, being um, being the conduit for healing others, how what does that look like for, to us? Well, um, it could look like that you are joining a public transmission that we have, mm -hmm. and it could be either a live transmission or it could be a, a pre-recorded transmission of the past. And there is an element of a message that is delivered. The message has in itself a powerful energy. And then there is what the guides call energetic adjustments. And it almost looks like, you know, I'm waving my hand and things are happening before me. But the way I would describe it is almost like virtual reality, right? I'm looking at a sphere in which there is a, you know, a very clear construct. Sometimes I see individual souls in that sphere and they're being worked on in this sphere of operation, so to say. And they deliver the work to everyone that is connecting to that session to be receiving some level of support. And we have great and fascinating responses of what people experience. And some people do experience physical healing of a great magnitude. And some people experience peaceful and relaxation. And some people experience a deeper connection to spirit and to themselves or to the earth. So there's many different ways how people are affected by it. I wouldn't just say I'm a healer, the cliche energy healer thing. Also, can't really say we're healing because then we have authorities sure. <laughs> saying you can't claim you're healing right. because you're not trained to heal according to the Western society. Sure, I agree. Therefore, it is energetic alignments that are delivered that sometimes and often result in physical alignments. Okay. So it's delivered, the healing is delivered through messages, basically. The healing is delivered through energetic adjustments. Energetic adjustments. And we would experience that as listening or you would experience that as like in meditation and also listening right so you are receiving these energetic adjustments it's almost like a download that's coming in right you we all tapped into some sort of great intelligence and through that new algorithms new codes or new downloads are coming in and all of these adjustments then start to trickle into our emotional, our mental well-being, our physical well-being. And it takes a bit of time for it to trickle down, but it does. And so is this the purpose for your nonprofit organization to... That really is. Okay. The nonprofit holds the idea of the evolution of consciousness in humanity. And that idea starts with the individual. 
how can we support and catalyze the awakening and the transformation of an individual through spiritual experiences, through retreats, through workshops, through courses, through messages, the ability how to translate this gift that I've been given to as many people as possible with as little barriers as possible. Mm. That is the great challenge, right? So challenge. you're given a gift and how do you share this gift? How long have you had this nonprofit? When did you start it? The nonprofit has been in existence over four years now. And how do we access that? Evolution dot one. I'm going to say through evolution. Evolution dot one. <laughs> evolution dot one is the name of the nonprofit, and it can be accessed online. Evolution dot one o n e. That um, speaks about our mission. Speaks about what's available. Speaks about the many free offerings that we have, and also how people can be involved. Because I think more and more people are awakening. So there is an internal resonance of, oh, something resonates true here. I don't know exactly what it is, but something is resonating true. And that is enough for us. There's something inside of you that is resonating true. You don't have to believe anything else that I'm saying. It's just listening to that frequency and being in meditation with that frequency is plenty and enough. Interesting. Interesting. So before, so you, you were in mainstream society, you were doing work, you were having a business, you were doing all these things that were very different than what you're doing now. Mm -hmm. But have you had this spiritual curiosity for a long time? Yes, I've always had a curiosity and inkling for the unknown, for the invisible and for the unexplicable, mm -hmm. the paranormal to some degree. Mm -hmm. I always had a curiosity as a child and I've had different spiritual experiences as well as a child that I could not explain and no one around me could explain. In fact, it scared most people. Really? Like what? Yeah. Can you give us an example? Well, seeing things that people don't see okay. uh, most often is ridiculed or, you know, brushed off or is scaring people, right? It's like, uh, we don't want you to talk to dead people or to spirits, right? That's like keep that department closed mm -hmm. so but over time you know when there is a very strong bond and the soul wanting to awaken it will find ways to awaken mm -hmm. right be it through nature be it through the connection to spirit be it through a process where the soul will throw such a curveball into your life <laughs> that you're like, oh my goodness, how is it that everything in my life is falling apart, including my health, my wealth, and my relationships? And I've done everything right that I could. And to me, that is 
when your own soul is delivering you that curveball and saying, okay, it's time. Now it's time to awaken. Your time has come. Yes. You have, you've had enough time to dabble around and do whatever the heck you wanted to do and you know make mistakes and, and all of that. But now it's time to awaken because something greater is waiting for you. And for that, we have to do a little bit of demolition, like in your kitchen, Randy. <laughs> yes. I remember when the curveball hit me. Hmm. I do. I was about as low as I could be. Hmm. Nothing, nothing was working. I couldn't go any lower. Mm -hmm. And so, and that's when, you know, I was, um, I was doing a 12 step program as a family member for somebody who had a, um, a substance abuse addiction. And when I went, uh, the first time I went and they mentioned that we're supposed to give it over to a higher power. Mm -hmm. I had no idea what that was. And I was raised in an environment where religion was important, but it wasn't explained, you know, so it never really resonated with me. I didn't really know God. I didn't know any connection. Mm -hmm. And so I was forced to seek it. Mm -hmm. And ever since then, it's just been more and more seeking. But I've always, like you, I've always had this curiosity about the unknown, these phenomenons, the, you know, the supernatural. And it's all, that's always been a curiosity for me, which made me very different than a lot of people I knew, because most people I knew weren't that were not going through those, uh, mm -hmm. not having those interests and feelings. So I'm excited to be in this time to be able to share messages like this in this time because now there's so many people who want to hear it who are seeking who are looking to hear it and this is the perfect time for you mm. it seems like it it seems like there's a lot of things we're in preparation for this time including within myself and it is the perfect culmination. Do you find that it is difficult to be around people who don't get it? Do you feel um, really odd and misunderstood? I used to, but now I have even my attachment to people getting it has dissolved. I'm just here to deliver what comes through me. And if my presence makes a difference in someone else's life, beautiful. If it doesn't, and if it doesn't resonate with them, that's also perfect and beautiful. But they can't make, it can't take me out of my alignment. It can't take me out of my journey of being a pure vessel. Because even my attachment to some specific outcome, if the expectation is not met, will create some sort of dissonance within me, right? Right. I was expecting to deliver this, but I didn't get this, and I got that. Maybe some sort of adverse reaction or adverse response, mm -hmm. right? But if I carry no attachment to either, 
then I'm just being a pure vessel. And those that are attracted will receive something important from it. Those that are deterred may not receive something from it. And that's also perfectly okay. Why do why are some of us more awakened? Why why are some other people sort of lagging behind? Is this part of their soul journey? who they are, what their previous experiences are, what we come into with the level of growth that we've accumulated throughout other lives. Um, is this, does this account for why some people are a little slower in receiving the information? Absolutely. I think there's many variables that lead to someone's readiness, mm -hmm. ripening, so to say, mm -hmm. could be soul's journey, many life lessons, or incomplete karmic experiences they have to still complete. Okay. Certain relationships, they have to, a cycle needs to come to an end. Mm -hmm. You know, as you said earlier, right? Until for that curveball that your soul is throwing, for it to really hit home, right? It has to create a certain momentum it builds to culmination. Mm -hmm. The intensity to provide the greatest possible opportunity. Am I making sense? Yes. And I believe that for some people, that intensity looks different. And for some people, they're not there yet. And some people like us, maybe we are more sensitive or we've known that's exactly why I'm here and everything was shaping to be that mm -hmm. we listened to the signs earlier on mm -hmm. but there is no right and wrong and everyone at their time right that's an important um statement that listening to the signs and mm -hmm. so I do I do trauma work with people helping them get through emotional tra traumatic issues um and re reclaiming a healthy lifestyle or life and feeling better about themselves, who they are, you know. And so much of this applies in my work. Um, but I find um, some people are very open. I don't usually put, for, put this forth initially because I want people to be able to receive whatever help I'm able to offer. But at some point, I get to a point and they ask me a question. And the only answer is to begin to awaken, to begin to look at things, to begin to open yourself up. It's very hard for people. But you know what I find, Asil? That people who decide to try this, because I say to people, just try it. Just try it. They get feedback very quickly. Mm -hmm. It gets shown something very quickly, which encourages them to open up their eyes a little more. So sometimes it's just a matter of getting people to just step through a different door, look at things in a different way, and just be open for a second that it could be something that there could be something else to help them. Um, and I do find that there is validation from the universe, from spirit, that it comes very rapidly. Mm -hmm. 
you know, there is one particular quote from the guides that I always like like to quote, and I think it was Raphael in this case, said, truth is the totality of all perspectives. And that means we can't claim truth until we have seen all the perspectives. Okay. Otherwise, it's just subjective perspectives, right? There's no objectivity in it. And therefore, it is personal truths. And they are true too, right? They're true to my personal experience. Mm -hmm. And that's valid. Mm -hmm. But if if I want to expand my sense of truth, I start to add additional perspectives to it that expands my consciousness and expands my reality. Mm-hmm. It's so true. Mm. It's so true. So I, you know, I, I, I work in different ways for some people. I'm just very, therapeutic mm-hmm. in that way for other people I'm very spiritual just depends on mm-hmm. how they how people can receive um, whatever I'm offering but um, I love all of this <laughs> this is where my heart and home is <laughs> I love this yeah this is it I totally get it mm-hmm. there's something really special when as a soul, we recognize that both we have been helped and we can help others in their healing, in their growth, in their evolution. Exactly. Exactly. There's there's nothing like it. There's nothing like it. No. And, you know, and I, you were saying um, that no, to have no expectation to the outcome. (laughs) And this is part of this, this is one of the things that I share with people also who are coming to me to overcome these traumas um, is that when you, ex- I completely agree with you, when you have an expectation of an outcome, you are always going to be disappointed right. to just do it and let it be, just yeah. let it be, right? And it's also if you're working with people, right? and they come with heavy expectations or they feel like you are pushing towards an expected outcome it's not going to be this natural unfolding of the the genius and the intelligence of the divine and of spirit and i think for us to be able to hold that kind of container creates many more possibilities like infinite possibilities rather than narrow, specific possibilities. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So unfortunately, our time is up. Um, Is there any message that you want to leave us with? The message is you are loved. You're perfect as you are. You're supported in your evolution and you are more powerful than you have ever known to be. I love that message. What a great way to end. Thank you, Randy. Thank you, Asil. Where's my, oh, there it is. 
Okay, um, it's really been great talking to you today. What a great way to start my day. <laughs> Thank you. Bye. Same here. Blessings.